healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We are so happy to have you down here with us today uh, as we race towards episode 300. We've been doing this doing this a long time and, and, and doing a lot of them, and it's been uh, mightily rewarding. One of the reasons is because we get to talk about cool albums like we're going to do today. Uh, we are fans of the artist we're talking about today, Mr. Jason Isbell. He has a new album out called The Nashville Sound, and uh, we're going to get into it pretty deeply, especially one song in particular, White Man's World. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast at all, I, I, you can probably guess where, where that's going to go, but uh, but it's not bad. It's, it's a discussion, which is exactly what we do here. It's all about discussion, and it's all about, you know, you can, you can sit with two people, three people, four people. And you can sit there for an hour, and if you throw in ideas back and forth and back and forth, and and if you don't come to some sort of consensus, that's okay, because the, you had the discussion. And as long as you're not trying to kill each other after that discussion, then uh, then you um, then there's hope left, because that means you'll do it again, uh, and that goes for like listening to us and run our mouths and uh you know so, some sometimes we say things that people disagree with i'm and i'm saying all this because i'm anticipating it. it's a white man's world is a hard song to talk about um and we only have one take on it and so uh what i'm saying is interact people after you listen to this episode if you, if you agree or disagree like interact share your thoughts because it's all it's all important it's how we get by uh so we're gonna be doing about that uh, we're going to be doing that, and then we're going to be talking uh, or listening to a track from a band that I just talked to yesterday, and they are they are lovely, lovely individuals. Minx Miracle Medicine from up in Harper's Ferry right here near Washington, D.C. Uh, we're going to be talking about their song off their album, House of Candles, and I'll give you a little bit more information about them on the backside. So so get comfortable, get, get ready, strapped in, uh, get your air conditioner on because it's hot as fuck. It is uh, in D.C. right now. Uh, that's actually what the thermometer says. Um, let's head on down to the basement where it's a little bit cooler to hang out and talk about Mr. Jason Isbell's new album, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, The Nashville Sound. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Today, what? I'm a white man today, living. I wish someone would write a song a about lot. that. I'm a white man No, about the white man's world. Somebody, oh. Somebody should do that. You, that's a good yeah. intro, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been thinking that all of my almost 45 years now. Yeah. And today, we're back. 
kids were back after actually this has been a nice sort of hiatus for this we're we're sitting down here because we've been busy we, we jammed a lot in we uh did a few interviews you might have heard our miles mosley interview on thursday that was eduardo his first time out in the field and nervous uh, and, as and, shit and you crushed it uh but but uh we had to get back into the basement and actually i was i've been looking forward to this all day because because it is it is the it is the fun part of what we do like the rest of the work shit that you guys don't see like that sucks yeah we just show up and drink right. beer and talk right. into a microphone but there but you uh, do real work but 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 uh but i'm actually glad we get to talk about the album we're talking about today uh because this is an artist that we have covered for a long time we have talked about the bands he's been in uh, talk about one Jason Isbell or Isbell, depending on what part of the country you are from. Uh, he has a new album out called The Nashville Sound. Now, if you are listening to this and you are unfamiliar with Mr. Isbell, uh, that's impossible, but uh, I'll, I'll indulge you here. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, I think he's in his mid to late 30s now. Anyways, guy from Alabama, uh, much like the drive by truckers. And uh, around that area, and Muscle Shoals, and and just working around there, getting his chops, and then eventually was asked to join the drive by truckers because he was sleeping on David Hood's Patterson mm-hmm. Hood's right. father's couch, and like Patterson walked in, like, "Damn boy, you can write some fucking songs." Yes, yes, he can, and and he wrote what many consider to be the finest moment of Drive by Truckers uh, Decoration Day. He wrote mm-hmm. the best songs on that album. That's up for debate. Like, but but a lot of, that is that is a general consensus for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Paul's Paul's shaking his head, uh, and and uh, that lasted for a while. I got to see them in that in that heyday that that lineup of of them, uh, Isbell Cooley Patterson Hood, uh, Easy B, and uh, Shauna Tucker. Yep, who is now Jason Isbell's ex wife, was uh, uh, absolutely crushing rock and roll unit, like. We are of the age we missed seeing shit like the Rolling Stones back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, but I saw that, and anybody around saw that at that time. And if you could see him in a like a two hundred capacity club, like y- you get what, what was happening mm-hmm. two decades before. Uh, he he eventually got kicked out of that band because uh, he, he did drink a lot, did a, did a lot of drugs, and um, went on to a solo career. There was. Very warmly received by his fans, not warmly received by me per se, uh, because it was uh, it drifted off into the I, I call it redneck jam territory. Maybe there's there's a couple songs on that uh, like Seven Mile Island and and uh, songs like that that could almost you could almost hear those songs like on the Dave Matthews solo record. Yeah, or something absolutely, like that. absolutely. Like they were very yeah, and they're benign. They're not bad. Yeah, right, they're, right, right. They're, they're absolutely benign, but they're but they aren't great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, eventually, he uh, he hit a wall and decided to get sober. And the resulting album, in fact, this is sort of a maybe a well-known fact. I don't know. Uh, this happened after my friend Taper Craig, who used to have the drive-by truckers in their backyard for for barbecues and stuff. I think we played one of the songs yep. of these from from his backyard. Uh, they throw a benefit every year. This place in Richmond, Virginia, called Paradise Garage. Uh, our friends Mail the Horse played it last year, hmm. and he played this and got real fucked up. And so the first song on Southeastern is about the aftermath of that, and he basically went to rehab immediately okay. after that. 
And, and you know, I, I don't want to dwell on this stuff, but it is an important part of his story. There's a telling of it, too, where Amanda Shires figures pretty prominently in, yeah. in his recovery yeah. and in basically his, serving as now wife as and mother a, of his child. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and, but the result of that was Southeastern, which was, uh, w- to my mind, one of the best Americana albums ever made. It is certainly his finest moment. Uh, and that doesn't mean he always has to live up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it must be said that it made him a superstar. It made him, I mean, it, he went from being this Southern rock uh, icon in the crowd of people who just only like Southern rock to being, you know, on the, from Feature. the art section of the New York Times. Yep, yep. Like, immediately. And part of that has, a lot of that has to do with, like, how he cleaned up the organization that he built around him. Southeastern Records is sort of powered by 30 Tigers, an amazing firm in in Nashville. And, uh... And and he sort of rebuilt himself, and in the process, like sort of just made made a clear statement: "This is what I am," and it was amazing. Uh, and and he won. He won in a way. He opened the door for Sturgill. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Like, and I think he would say that. They're, I mean, they're yeah. friends, kindred spirits, if you will. And uh, uh, I know our, our friend Damien Drado has played with him. Yeah, uh, and helped him out a lot. And uh, so. He's now on this career path in that 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 is is bigger than anything I think even he could have imagined. Uh, in that was in 2013. In 2015, and we reviewed this album. Uh, Something more than free came out, and I remember reviewing this album and f- thinking, "Fuck, this isn't southeastern." It's not. It's it's not. <laughs> I love that well, album. What? Something more than free? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, by the way, that's Paul, everybody. Paul hasn't been here for a while. I know. Just in case you don't recognize yeah. me. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the spreadsheet the other day, and it's uh, sadly, you know, yeah, empty for me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since we torched one of the podcasts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Craig Finn. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, you, you loved it. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it as much, but I think what we landed on there was that, at least what I landed on was that, we're really glad that this guy is out here because uh, if there's one thing you can say about Jason Isbell is that the highs, the the the, the mediums and the lows are are middling and and they happen, but the highs are fucking spectacular. And so it's worth sitting through eight, five songs if you if you get that one high, and and. So he's not an artist to worry about. Like, is this going to be the next masterpiece? Mm-hmm. He has he has a better batting average than someone like uh, James McMurtry, who I think is one of the most gifted songwriters mm-hmm. out there, but who cannot cobble twelve songs together <laughs> into an awesome album. Like he he's got three good songs, four medium songs, and then five just afterthoughts that should never have been committed to wax. Um, and that's the sort of the template for. Uh, for his albums and and isbel does better than that i think and even um even on something more than free there are you know three or four just absolutely stunning songs i think to his credit he he really doesn't seem to be trying to chase like elephant which i think is the song off of southeastern Southeastern, that people most immediately are like you have to hear this song right Mm -hmm. that's that song sort of went viral before Going viral maybe was really well, the thing. And, and that's actually the thing. He's not trying to, at least I get the impression, he's not trying to chase anything. And I appreciate that in an artist more than anything. The yeah. artist is willing 
to whether they think they did or not, willing to fail mm-hmm. in public mm-hmm. and to say, "Hey, I'm a musician. This is what I do." Yeah, and, and he's, at, he's spent a lot of time on the road recently yeah. too. Like over the past three or four years, he's played a lot of shows. He's worked really hard. Like this is not just someone who's sort of right, right. sitting around thinking and writing music and then not right. going out there. And everything he's the got, shit out of it. everything he's yeah. got is earned. Yep. So, so after that, in 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 2015, uh, I was like, oh, okay. So we're we're just gonna uh, look forward to Jason Isbell albums about every two years, and and sure enough, it is two years later now. We have uh, the Nashville Sound. Which came out Friday, although Stereo Gum already rated it <laughs> best album of the year or one of the best albums of the year without it being released. Uh, I want to play a track right Good now, or a little bit of a track to give you an idea of of what you're in for this time out. Especially if you're an Isbell fan, you've heard all different versions. I think this is more the rock version, and this was the first single off. This is Hope the High Road. So if you're looking for some bad news, then you can find it somewhere else. Last year was a son of a bitch for nearly everyone we know. But I ain't fighting with you down in the ditch. I'll meet you up here on the road. I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well. Uninspired, likely man as hell. But wherever you Uh, that was when it came out. It was a lyric video, and it it hit on something we've talked a lot about. You know, being in the in the Trump age, and and a lot of that song is sort of preaching to the choir a little bit, but it's lending a helping hand, which is something we talked about with Miles Mosley recently, mm-hmm. uh, and saying, "Hey, guys, you're not alone." And for that, it is appreciated, uh, and it is. Uh, but it is is a standard sort of rock mode for him, mm-hmm. which is, um. If I have any real criticism about this album, is that there are, it. He said it was going to be a rock album, but it is, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing at this point. It's important that it is referred to as not just Jason Isbell, it's Jason Isbell and the Four Hundred Unit. Yeah, that's his that's band. Right. They have played on every album. There have been five, and, uh, and I think only the first two were were labeled as being and the Four Hundred Unit, right? And then and Southeastern here, here, and something well, more than Free Will. West, rest, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And, and Sirens of the Ditch was that the other yeah. one? Yeah, Sirens okay. of the Ditch. Uh, then there was actually Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Okay, there's a live one in there too. Yeah, with Alabama Pines and all that. Yeah. So, uh, so, so this is this is Jason Isbell's after after the recovery album, the the I don't know what album, and now this is his. It's time to rock album. Well, I, I mean, if we want to throw the I don't if we, if you're calling something more than free the I don't know what album, like it wasn't the recovery album, but it was. Let's go to story songs taking a persona that stems from my recovery. Mm-hmm. And I thought one of the jarring things about this album, and I think it's it's a key point that you said it's Jason Isbell and the 400 unit, was that a lot of the characters in these songs are unrepentant hard drinkers 
And <laughs> when you're looking at something more than free, like he makes a point of saying, like, not touching this stuff. Like, you've got a lot of the hard times folks, but they're in the same type of place in his life that he is in his own life for the most part. So you can still see some confessional elements. I had a hard time right. in a lot of these songs yeah. seeing Jason Isbell any more than just guys, you know? Well, and, and that's... Uh, go ahead, Eduardo. I was going to say, except for if we were vampires, which I think is maybe... Yeah. One of it's a the, fair point. Yeah, which is which is the clearest sort of most autobiographical. It might be the most autobiographical thing he's ever written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's you're right. That's yeah. the exception that proves the rule. Which, right? which, but, which, but, uh, but no, no, I, I I take your point, Paul. Yeah. I think it's and, I think it's and spot that song on. is all about him and his wife. Yep, yeah. yep, right. Yeah. I mean, I think I was I was saying this off mic, but um, there's a thing where I listened to Jason Isbell and I didn't realize that he and Ryan Adams were friends. But there's a real like narrative corollary in the way that they like create scads and scads and scads and scads of music mm -hmm. but i think the thing with isabel is that he's far more focused and um even when he misses he still hits because it's not like like a, a miss for ryan adams just sounds terrible and you're just <laughs> yeah. like yeah i i hate you like and, why and there are that? and there are really? a lot like, of misses I, I can because... Say that because he fucking blocked us <laughs> right so. of course right you're just like like why why would you do that like but the it's last also... album you're just like why well yeah. ryan adams also releases about 18 songs every 12 months yeah and when right. a lot of them are bad like the overwhelming feeling is just yeah. you're just exhausted by it right like yeah. i feel like here there's like and especially this album like there's a real concerted effort on like staying with painting within these lines of like okay i'm gonna dive back in and tell some narrative stuff about like drinking but only doing it in a way to like help people who are who are feeling pain like that's the thing mm -hmm. like and he's a yeah. he's a yeah. recovering you know addict of, of any sort you know like understands what pain is like and understands what you know going through a process is like so that was the cool thing about this i feel and i feel like i don't know if he's mentioned anything about the title of the album but i think that there's something to me in understanding like modern nashville as opposed to like classic nashville that's very important there well it 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 certainly ties into the saving country music narrative right and and this is intentional this, yeah. this album was recorded we we talked about uh Chris Stapleton's album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This album was recorded with the entirely same crew in right. the same room. Yeah. Uh, this is Dave Dave Cobb is yeah. on deck uh, doing this stuff, and he's doing remarkable work. And, yeah. and this sounds as good as the Stapleton album. I don't know. see – I don't – I don't – I – I always struggle with the production on his albums. I always feel like it's 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 like artificially muted or it's it's sterile or something. It, There's something about it that okay. doesn't quite. It, Welcome it, to getting blocked by Dave Cobb. Cass. No, I'm, sorry. No, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Cobb. No, but there's the thing with this where it's like Jason Isbell makes like radio music and like commercial music that has like this greater narrative sense than like. This is a song that was made for a record because I like making music to make, you know, because I like making records. Yeah. Like, there's something in, like, the way that everything feels, like, clipped and boxed and ready to be packaged and sold to you that I think is important to, which like, is, the way this is produced. Which is, well, which is a weird thing for me. And actually, I think you're right, Eduardo. I think and this has always been his music and not necessarily the truckers. It was on the later albums, but on the early albums, they were a lot looser. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about somebody who wears their southerness on their sleeve, you think of the South. You think of it's like it's dirty, it's dusty, it's damp at the same time. It's 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 messy, and you have this super clean, like almost like pop production, like laid on top. It does take it out of it. And to your point, Paul. Like it, it doesn't necessarily feel at any point on this album that this is actually Isbell talking, but I, I, I don't know. Um, 
I'm going to get into another song, which I think it is, it's, it's one of the best songs on the album. But, but I don't know if that's a bad thing, because if we consider what the job of a songwriter is to, to do, is to write a song and tell a story. Right. And, and all this stuff around it actually does matter. But if you're, if you're telling a story, then uh, the story is what matters. And I think this, this song that I'm going to play right now, uh, a little bit of, this is back to, it's not Elephant, but it is, I think, what he's trying to be. He's, he's trying to be this, like, legendary classic song. Right uh, on this song, he gets it. So this is two point. Haven't been wasted in a long time But tonight it feels just fine Riding home with the windows up Along with a plastic cup of real good wine I Slide guitar comes in and it's just fucking. It's like even solid. T- I mean, it's just a song about. And this could be about drug addiction, alcoholism, which is his relationship, yeah, uh, with himself, or it could be about anything. And uh, basically, I got a place to escape, and ain't no one gonna follow me there. It's a lot of the. There's a lot of songs on this album that are really direct, and I think a couple of the ones that we all don't like are the ones that try to be the most direct and kind of explicit about their intention. Um, Tupelo is just kind of vague in a really nice, like, like it's the characters. Well, shouldn't, shouldn't the best Southern stories be vague? Um, I, I I don't, I wouldn't take that as a hard and fast rule, but I think that, I think that if you're uh, in, you know, I think this song is trying to just convey a certain kind of feeling of transience and just sort of, you know, he's, he's, the character's motivations are never really explained. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's, he's got to get to Tupelo. He hasn't had a drink in a while. There's someone waiting for him there and things might be better there. They might not, but there's a lot of ambivalence in the song and, and he just, and it's, and it's hard to capture that without ever kind of giving away too but much to it, take away from that mood. That's, that's, that's a, that's, that's a classic like country motif as well. I mean, and, 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 and this, and, this could be a song by the band. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, I was yeah. going to say that's like guitar, but the thing is like, it's like I have a rule with country where it's like, okay, so if you're writing about like, the the mcdonald's experiences which are like you know like the gambler or like you know the night they drove old dixie down or even more so like on like the like the the more like curious side stuff like um i i i i just dropped in to see what condition my conditions and stuff like that where you're like okay like this is like the mcdonald's experience like every person who lived here universal universally right boom so with Tupelo, it's like you have that vagueness and it works the same way where it's like, if you keep it that vague, yeah, yeah. then you're good. Like that is, but like, you know, to get to what we're talking about, like there's points where like, when he hits the thing on the nose, you're just like, 
You, you had it right there, man. Yeah. Like, you had it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was saying before, right. is, 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 like, is uh... that his highs are remarkably high. And it's funny talking about the universality of, or that's not a word. Universal. What? I'm not gonna fuck universality. You, you guys figure it out. <laughs> universality. Uh, I I didn't look. There's obviously gonna be no co-writing credits on Undation Isbell album. But if somebody said Laurie McKenna helped him write that, who was a friend of of mm. the Isbells, I'd be like, yes, yeah, because that's that was the magic of her album, The Bird mm-hmm. and the Rifle. And I sent you an album from 2007. It's the magic of that. Yes, like she gets these universal experiences, which is what all country music is about. The Nashville sound, if you will, right, mm-hmm. and and makes them magical. And this this edges up on that. This is like if if you put it on a mix, Willie, Waylon, Isbell, mm. Rogers, Christopherson, yeah, yeah, well, it's gonna fit. Well, and I, and and I think you know that what what we're seeing is a time where there there are a lot of people recording in what could loosely be uh, termed country, who were really thirsty for a kind of critical acclaim that mm-hmm. has been really rare, right? right? And that's that sort of New York Times, you know, style it- section, uh, picture cred, um, that that country doesn't really, I mean, country might get it in the sense of a like, hey, Upper West Siders, here's stuff the rest of the country oh, listens you, to that you, you don't know about, you, right? You're, you're hitting a nail on a, a very sensitive nerve I have right now. <laughs> um, okay. So I didn't. I didn't mean for the nail to be there, man. It's all good. It's all good. Um, there's a real issue right now with in journalism, where people who don't listen to country music are being forced to write about country music, and uh, the real that always ends well. And the literal stuff works so well for these people because they don't know tropes and they don't know the like. The, the arc of the history of the thing. So they think the literal stuff is really right. powerful. Yeah, exactly. And it's just this moment, yeah. Right, so the literal stuff just smacks it because it's like, oh yeah, this isn't that BS Kenny Rogers, Chris Christopherson thing. Right. This is that, you know, other thing and I feel like it's uniquely related to this artist and I'm just like, no man, that that's wrong. Your Your narrative is wrong. But you can't tell people that they have wrong narratives because, you know, all journalism is good and all thoughts are good or whatever people say. And, and that's where you're stuck. And that's the hard part for country right now is that like people are trying really hard to make like the critically acclaimed record because critics who critically acclaim things so, are crowding the genre. So why, why is that? Because going back to Trump. So- <laughs> Well, that, 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 that was a short discussion. Yeah. That, works, that works for me. I think we're all done here. <laughs> um, no, no. Why, why is it? Because, Trump? Be, no, because we talked, to, I mentioned this narrative of like saving country music thing. This is a thing that like Sturgill shares. This is a thing if you read, uh, which we're going to talk about in a second, a, a ridiculous interview he did with Stephen Hyde. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's, right, it right, plays right, into all that. Right, yeah. right. And it plays into this, like, okay. you're fighting against the world. And okay. I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings who, Jason Isbell or anybody who works around him. You are the most mainstream music in yeah. the world right now. Okay. I, I have one very very small point that I want to make yeah, before yeah, I yeah. before I yield the floor to the to the gentleman yeah. from the gentleman from Deanwood. Wood. <laughs> 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 um, uh, car seat headrest a while back tweeted something to the effect of, um, "If you want to interview us, a good way to, to talk about our music is not to ask us if the type of music we play is dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> or or you know, therefore in need of saving." 
Right. And, and it, it's, it's funny because we wanted to interview him and that wasn't one of our questions. Right. So we never got to interview him. <laughs> That's right. So. It's weird. It's like, um, also so, listening to their recent stuff, it would be like, is like, Bad there's, indie pop. There's bad. a different genre thing. They're changing lanes a little bit. Paul comes in with the hottest take. He'll be here all week, folks. So there's this thing where it's like, okay, so like alt pop kids are out there, and then you have like far left leaning liberals out there, and when like things turn to shit. Then it's like, okay, so we need some music to help us feel better. Mm-hmm. And because this, these are the laziest thinking people in the world. Now, I'm making a blanket statement that could be wrong, but I feel like it's not. Um, if you look at, you know, current, you know, pop trends, it's not. Like, these are all people who go, man, you know, it'll go well with where I'm at right now in life. A country record. A sad-ass country record. And then you 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 get stuff like this that right. exists and, and, in the and, world. and that's why I said Isabel. And I'm not I'm not saying this pejoratively, unless you are someone who thinks this is not mainstream music. But it then is I, that I am yeah. saying it pejoratively. Right. Like, it's the most mainstream music. <laughs> yeah. right it is now. it is the most mainstream music that is available to you as a consumer right now. And there is there is I mean, there's no question of that this is. It, think of how many country artists, Nashville artists, practitioners of the Nashville sound yeah. have gotten passed over for this. Yep, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's just the fucking business, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the reality. When, yeah. when you're getting talked about in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, yeah, not even Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone's not big enough, right? Like when when, when that is your reality, that's not like you you are it in the society. Yeah, I'm I'm expect I'm expecting like a twenty thousand word New Yorker profile of Visible sometime this oh, summer. Happen. Oh, yeah. A, and okay. and the and the sad part is that you're not gonna get a good Nashville writer because there isn't a good Nashville writer yet. I'm waiting for this writer to exist in the world that shows up in New York the way that like New York people okay, so another thing to add to this. All my New York friends are in Nashville right now. Mm-hmm. All of them. All of my New York industry friends like who like you know were well meaning white kids who loved EDM are all now like chilling their 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 favorite producer now turned songwriter who now has a, a a house somewhere in Nashville and is trying to write the, the the next big pop song and you're just like oh okay why are you in Nashville because that's where the music is and you're just like okay that's so off topic I have a good collabo idea here which is double went down to decades Ooh. just. <laughs> Because you wanted a soul steal. There it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, so, yeah. so you know, and we've talked, uh, I don't think that was negative, but we talked about a lot of the good in this album, a lot of the good in Jason's bill. And, yeah. and, and it's only fair, though, as, as Eduardo cracks his knuckles in the mic, we talked about the bad, because there was is one egregiously bad point. The worst song on, of the year. On, on this album, and it is this song. I'm a white man living in a white man's town. Take a shot of cocaine and burn it down Mama wants to change that Nashville sound But they're never gonna let her There's no such thing as someone else's war Your creature comforts are the only things worth fighting for Man living on a white man's street 
White Man's World, which is song four, which is the latest single God off of Jason Isbell and the 400 Units to Nashville song, sound. Now, yeah, he made it a single, Paul. <laughs> it's like, Paul's cringing over there. So, so here's, I, I want to preface this discussion, and we're tr- going to try not to beat a dead horse with this, but uh, a lot of people backlash to this has been, bro, get your politics out of your music. I just want to rock. And I, I think every single one of us sitting in this basement, it has nothing to do with that. In fact, me personally, I insist that you put your politics in your music, and I have said that for the past two years. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I honestly don't want to hear your fucking music. Mm-hmm. Like, here. if you're if you're yeah. playing like stupid pop music, like the Chainsmokers, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that has no interest to me. We might report on it, but like, you have no place in in the world as it exists today. Our culture, you're not doing any good. That out of the way, neither is a song like this, and it's because, uh, you know, what starts off as a exploration, arguably of gender inequality, which would be a great, could be a great song, uh, turns into a a sort of a condemnation of, to my mind, like white man's guilt over pretty much everything. In in such basic terms that it it becomes sort of it, it it's la- it, it's laughable because it's like if this is just the realization that Jason Isbell came to about this like this is this is a big problem with not just like this song but like <laughs> this is why we're in the shitter <laughs> folks god cuz cuz these it doesn't provide any answers like saying like, we're all in this mess together. Like, oh, you just realized that? And to that, I will turn this, the right, floor yeah. over to Mr. Dowling. All right. So um, I'm going to be, be brief about this because I've, I've, like, perseverated over this song for, like, the last two weeks. And, uh, okay, so this song is should be, like, you should think about it when it's performed live. You should think about the moment beforehand, he says, to his all-white audience, because this song first presupposes that he is performing in front of an all-white audience. Yeah. And he says, so, let's talk about the black people. And let's talk about the women. And let's talk about the, the, the Native Americans. And let's talk about, and let's not talk about the Muslims. Because everybody in this room <laughs> right. is Christian. Right. Like, we're all under the same God. So, there's so no, we didn't include everybody. Yeah, there's no Muslims. If, but, but Muslims don't, don't exist in this area of the country that he's from. I mean, that's the thing. It's like. He's also singing it from where he's from. Yeah. And there's a there's a history where, you know, you knew one black person. And you never saw two black people in the same place at the same time. 
same as with Native Americans, same as with, you know, like free women who had high earning jobs. So that's all of that to say. That's the, the box that this song fits in. And if you live in that box, this song is perfect. Yeah. In every way. He has made you feel all the feels about, like, the things that you have secretly felt about all of these people who have been aggrieved recently. And if somehow, somehow, because understand, if that's where you're from, then Barack Obama getting elected is the same thing as, like, you know, seeing, like, lightning splash in the same place twice. Like, this is a thing that literally could have (laughs) never happened in a million years. You're like, oh, my God. The the president is black, and he's named Barack Obama, and he could be a Muslim? Barack Barack Hussein Obama. Bananas. I had no idea. And then on top of it, Hillary Rodham Clinton ran for president. The woman, she got the nomination? Yeah. Wow. That's Women are doing a lot these days, and blacks are doing a lot these days. And then on top of it, Donald Trump. Gets elected after that, which you have to feel bad about because Donald Trump, as we, we've told the world, you're supposed to hate this guy. He's supposed to be bad. He's supposed to be evil. He's supposed to be antichrist. He's a horrible human being. Even though these people in this crowd, most of them probably voted for him. I wouldn't say most, but yeah, I think I there's definitely some. I mean, yeah, well, 40% of the country voted may, for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. he, he breaks down his, his, his crowd as, and, and he, he, again, he, he, in this interview with Stephen Hyden, he, he intimates that. He thinks that he's somehow indie, and that the crowd gets and and there is I mean look the people that I hung with seeing the truckers and have followed him are a little more uh, woke as the term would, yeah. would go, but that's also because they're they're basically deadheads, right? Like, but it's, right, right. Like, but you, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they, but they, you, they just literally don't give a fuck. But then you triangulate all that stuff and you put this song out and like, and and that's where the song is good. The song is bad if you're not that person. Yeah, if you're if and and that's the hardest part about this song because all country right now plays to a much broader audience than mm-hmm. countries played to in forty five years or so I'd say or twenty five years rather like it plays to a broader mainstream audience like yeah, yeah. pop top forty not like country top forty which is a giant audience that makes no it's pop it's top the 40. biggest country right, is exactly it. right it's... but I mean I feel like it plays towards the same people who listen to chain smokers. And that's where country's at right now, because when you're being covered in New York Times, you're being covered in Wall Street Journal, you're being covered in Rolling Stone as like an A-list artist, like, you know, put on, put you on the cover. That's the kind of place you're playing towards. So when you play this song on the album, this is the moment that the record skids and slides and goes off yeah. the course. And you're like, what is this man even talking about? So, like, no matter how great every other song is, this song is egregious. And I want to interject for Eduardo. I know you want to jump yeah. in. And, and Paul, you've been really quiet this episode, but I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> but, yeah. but 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 I want to interject too. Like one thing he has said about this song, he and and this is sort of a naive belief, I think, uh, given the context of of what he said it's in an interview, mm-hmm. that if it causes anybody in his audience to think differently, and look that that's good. I I agree. I right, yeah. I just wish somebody had th- had thought differently when they were going down this, being like, "Yeah, that's that's full of truth, brother." Because, well, the uh, it's clearly a very um, it's clearly a very mechanical song. And usually, mm-hmm. if you if you start out and you say, "I'm going to write a song about X," it's really hard to to sort of start out with a destination in mind. 
and not have the the way there to like feel very contrived right and if you know you just want to write a song about x guess what you can just tweet x right <laughs> if it's that if it's that sim- if it's that simple you don't need to write you know a bunch of rhymes and things around it so I'm a red man going down a red man yeah road. so yeah. so he he tries to touch on sexism he touches on you know the genocide of uh, native americans he touches on racism he clumsily then tries to bring it all together by saying that um the idea of the next generation gives him hope and that and it sort of almost crosses the line into sort of a white savior complex kind of moment no it doesn't sort of it does i have faith but i don't know why maybe it's the fire in my little girl's eye a I, I, white... don't, I don't think that's clearly over the line i think it's i think no? it's so no I, I i don't for the following reason and i'll sh- a shout out here to my friend meljo and her fellow mark in seattle who um who I interacted with uh, about this on Facebook recently. Um, there's, there's the, uh, literally all that statement is just saying is he doesn't, um, he needs to find a reason to keep going on and he needs to believe that the next generation uh, will do better or needs us to do better. It, it's, he's not saying that, that his kid is going to solve racism. Yeah. I, that I, I, I have a lot of criticisms of this song, yeah. but the, the last couple lines, I, I will, uh, I will criticize them for being cheesy, but not for plot. It's a forced ending, right? Yeah, it's but, but a, not for yeah. buying into a white savior complex because, look, I think every parent wants to think like, okay, there's hope because, you know, it's, the next generation the, is good. So. The, the, in the concert, Except Anakin. Yeah. In, well, the, yeah. in the concert. Hey, the next generation was good after Anakin. It was just yeah, his generation. Yeah. In, the, in, the con- in the concert. That's the point where the, the, the famous one-tier Native American guy, who's actually Italian, but that's neither here <laughs> right. nor there, like, you know, has, like, it's like that guy, and it morphs, like, the, the black or white video with Michael Jackson, with oh, everybody, no. oh, like, no. having uh, the same yeah. tear, like, from yeah. the same eye, yeah. because we all cry the same tears, yeah. and then at the end of it is, like, the little tiny white girl that's his daughter, and she's crying a tear too, right? And, and, and that's just terrible. But that's what I'm thinking. He's thinking. He it's, it's, it's I am the world instead of we are the world. So, exactly. So, so, and, and consider where he's from, and, and consider the history here. He's from Alabama, right? Muscle racist, Shoals. racist. No, he's so- from Muscle Shoals. He's from Muscle. Now that I'm getting there. Super I'm getting there. Muscle Shoals, which was the birthplace of of soul music, essentially. Yes. Like stats. And the so, drum pickup is right there. And the drum pickup is right there. So, so he's working all this stuff that that his friends and and extended family like in quotes the hoods the brothers mm-hmm. like the yep. people the people who made the soul music of the world the baseline like, on all taking right <laughs> right right, like, right. Yep. but but those people did not i mean they they were in just in what they were doing was fighting against racism so in no way am i suggesting that jason isbell is a racist no. <laughs> like absolutely not um and uh I mean, you can see that in everything he's done, he's not. Yeah. Right. Personally, he I look forward it. to seeing how many Grammy nominations the song gets. Right. All. All. No, every, yeah. it's, all of them. It, it, it'll be, it'll be song of the year. It's, but but and this is something I wasn't sure if we were going to do this, but we kind of have to. And this fucking sucks because his ex-bandmates put out an album yes. of almost exactly talking about this. And the way they approach the su- subject matter is the correct way to approach what, subject it, what it means is is how white people should should write about black lives matter yes yeah 
South. Ever South yeah. is how. Ever South. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the difference is is not just saying like I wish I hadn't been one of the guys. Like yeah. that's 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 a weird line. It's like oh well, <laughs> I was racist until I didn't realize I. I shouldn't there's, be racist. There's there's some but, value to come to 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 admitting to your past shortcomings though. Like sure, like we shouldn't we shouldn't sure. um it's it's it, a good thing if someone realizes that like hey the things I thought when I was 15 okay. or whatever were fucked up. So I had this moment. I was I went yeah. to Farm Aid. I'm I'm like a black country <laughs> fan. You did. And I'm like I'm like a I'm like an avowed like stand up. I'll like you know like kid need a crazy horse like get up and and stomp my feet and say i'm a i'm a black country fan i am that's why i do all the country podcasts Kevin <laughs> specifically calls me because i fucking love country music so there's a moment that that makes me think of this i was at a uh, farm aid and uh willie is performing you know headlining doing his thing and this this white woman turns to me and goes i love you because you're my brother and you think that i'm your sister hmm. and i'm like yeah what does that even mean and she's like you know togetherness we could do it together because we're all family right and 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 the point we're trying to make here <laughs> right. is, is that is that it's 2017 you yeah. can't yeah. just saying that yeah, it, it is no fucking good you yeah. have to, i mean look you yeah. have to internalize yeah. that into your life this if this changes a single person this song is a wild success and and should be praised. My fear, and this is why I re- I reject the song, is that people will hear it and think this is enough. Yeah, well, they know it's enough. That's the that's the well, fucked up part do, of it. But a lot of people don't. You know? I hope I hope that there are more people that don't think that the song is enough because it's not. It's pedantic and annoying and drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, like it just does. It's, it's super. Pedantic, as a, yeah, as but a, none of us are the audience for this right. song. Yeah, yeah, this is not, pitched to the this is pitched to the yoga pants crowd right here. So. <laughs> no, and, I, and I'm gonna see there goes another demo. <laughs> no, 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 I'm gonna see them all when I go to when I go to Farm Aid and he's on the bill this year. I'll yeah. like I'll see them all there and they'll well, all and like. Speaking of Farm Aid, like Willie would never write a song this just fucking out of touch with <laughs> how how to talk about an issue. No, mm-hmm. I mean, and if he did, he would at least have Snoop Dogg drop sixteen. <laughs> right. <laughs> That that's not even like that's a and fact, it would, and it would be like accidental racist ass. Well, and you know, look, I, just to to bring this around, I think part of the reason that the that folks are reacting so strongly to this, myself included, is uh, because we've seen how good of a songwriter Jason Isbell yeah. is over the last yeah. several years, and a lot of that, you know, involves good storytelling. It involves a level of subtlety where you're listening to the story and then you realize, oh, that's what it was about afterwards. And this one hits you over the head from the title on out. And it's not... It, sometimes subtlety is not what you need, but you need to be... Um, at yeah, le- this is- you, need to, you need to at least have a narrative going instead of being like, no, this is actually just a thesis statement in a pretty mediocre essay. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like to all my other black country fans in the world, like this is a song that like makes you just feel bad about your the fact that you like this music. Like it yeah. really does. You're just like, fuck you. Like yes, that's like every time I hear this song, I'm like, stop. Like there's so many better songs that have been written about this very topic by 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 songwriters that are worse than he is. Yeah. Which just doesn't make any sort of logical sense. I'm like, you're a better writer than this. Well, I, I think it gets into his, uh, 
his tendency, in, taking it back sort of the beginning as we start to wrap this up, his tendency to, he's just sort of riding his talent. He's seeing where it goes and doing this thing. And it's why I said after the last album, I said, I don't care if an album's great. Like, he's going to get some good ones, and he's going to get some really fucking bad ones out of it. And that's fine, because, like, if, if his career goes on for, uh, you know, as he says in Vampires, maybe we'll get 40 years. Like, if, if that right. relationship goes on with us, the fans, and, and people who like his music go on for 40 years, cool. Right. He, um... He is he's getting a lot of praise for this song, and 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 I I think the 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 idea that he is choosing to write something that's this explicitly political when he's always kind of sidestepped the issue or addressed yeah. politics indirectly, like I think I think that should be praised. Actually, what what I worry about though is the people coming up behind him who are seeing all the praise he's getting, and the fact that every kind of even slightly altish country album that comes out from now on needs to have a song where well. The songwriter explores his conception of we whiteness and relationship. We have enough fear to, to mock all those fucking <laughs> artists for at least three years. I'm so ready for so, all of these records because so, I'm going to cure so, them all. So let it let it come. And I mean, but but look, it it does open up a vein of conversation, and, and it and it might, I say might, given that a lot of the people who might be involved in the conversation, lead to something good. It's something that needs to happen. It's just when it's this when 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 shit is this clumsy, and he could have just looked around and asked somebody, does this work? Yeah. This, I, I guess that's, for me, that's actually the most egregious thing about the song. Yeah. Is it? Is it everybody around him said, yeah, yeah, yeah this is good. Because they, they all live the same experience. I, yeah, and, and that's it. And, and that's the problem with the larger issue that we're talking about. Yeah. So like, you all live the same experience. You all have the same solution. When it, when well, you, hold, hold on. Is it, is it really... Not to bring this back out again, but is it really that they all live the same experience or just that, as you pointed out earlier, there aren't co-writing credits on a Jason okay. Isbell album? Okay. Like, sure. If Jason I Isbell mean, says this is the song, it's the song. It's like, I, it's I, don't, the know same, the, I don't know the power dynamics. I mean, no, yeah, but it's the same yeah. thing with anxiety. Like, if yeah. you've got a writer's room, that doesn't get out, you know, yeah. that doesn't yeah. get out of it. But, but yeah. to, me, to me, if you put this in the, in, the, in the voice of an L.A. country person right now, like a Casey Musgraves or somebody, mm -hmm. this song sounds completely different because they have a completely different experience. And they understand it differently and Sam they see Outlaw? it differently. Sam Outlaw. Sam Outlaw would write the shit out of this song. He would have knocked it to kingdom come. Maybe. No, because, because the thing with Sam is that Sam, at least all of Sam's friends are black. Okay, and there's like one. He's like the one white guy who likes country. I hope you're right. We're not a fact based podcast. This is come to bite you in the ass. That's my sense. But look at Sam Outlaw. I go. Sam Outlaw lives in L. A. Sam's one white friend is gonna call in. Yeah, give Kevin shit. I get the sense that he's like that cool white guy that like all the black girls like, and he's like, oh, Sam does country. That's cool. And then it's like, and he would nail that song, and he'd get all the 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 poontang out of it that he could, and that'd be a beautiful thing for him. And, you know, Not for I, his wife so much. Well, oh, that's right. He is married, but still. But you know what I mean. <laughs> you guys know what I mean. I know what you mean. You know what I, I know mean. You know what I mean. Like there's a there's a narrative. You've, you've been hanging out decades, son. You, you gotta, you gotta. No, no. But what I do, what I do, I think of things like this, and I understand that there is well, a. What there's happened a if value. Dustin Diamond recorded the song? No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway, to get this back on point, yeah. I'm definitely saying that there is a thing where, like, and this is going to sound like how it sounds, but it's the God's honest truth. It's all about, um, for country music right now, you got to have proximity to black people. 
you got to have proximity to woke black people. If this is the way that this thing is going to go, like, have proximity to at least one woke black person in your camp. Country or folk? Because the, the, well, folk, Isabel, Isabel is country folk. Well, but folk has all the woke black people, though. Like, I mean, like, if you're leaning more country, like, you're leaning yeah. more pop in that yeah. way. So you got to have one woke black person in your camp. Not that I'm volunteering to be that person. But you I think can, you should, Jason Isbell. You need a consultant. His name yeah. is Marcus Dallin. You, he, you can find him at Gmail. You can find him in my basement very yeah. frequently. I'll hang out. I'll, I'll listen to all your music. I know all your your influences. <laughs> what fun! So so on that note, uh, so what kind of album is this for you, Mister Dallin? Um, I'll say it's a pass. Cause wow. I I I don't think anybody deserves to listen to that one stupid song. So one I, song did it. Yeah, one song like it's it's such a dumb song. Like it, it it just like okay. So everybody, here's what you do. Um, you're gonna you're gonna try this record, and you're gonna get four out. You're gonna get four songs in. Then you're gonna get really mad at yourself when you hear this one stupid song that you listen to three okay songs before it. Now, if you continue to listen to this record, there's like a million great other songs that are after it. They're in there. But this one song is so egregiously fucking bad that I can't have anybody listen to the first three songs before it. So I'll say it's a pass. I feel that. Eduardo. I'm going to, I think this is a try. I thought I thought I liked this uh, at first blush a little bit better than something more than free. But then I started to think about how many songs on on this album would actually end up on my like best of Isbol playlist. And I realized it's basically three songs, maybe four songs. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's it's unfortunately like, uh, you know, Southeastern was this high. Something More Than Free was was not quite as good. And this is a little bit uh, less good than Something More Than Free. Than but it's still a try. Yeah. yeah. Paul? Uh, I'm also going to give it a try. Um, the great thing is that you can press skip over some of the songs. <laughs> Um, one, two, yeah. three, five. Yeah. <laughs> yep. One, two, three, five. One, two, three, five. Skip six, and then you can listen <laughs> to the back end of the album. And on Spotify, it'll make you a playlist. Yeah, well, it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty easy, and there's definitely enough good stuff on here. As uh, as Kevin pointed out, like his highs are good. I don't think he hits quite the highs of some of the other ones, but Tupelo, which you guys heard, is great, and uh, Cumberland is. Fantastic. Yeah, we did. We yeah, didn't talk yeah, about yeah. that at all. And yeah. and last of my kind is really good. Yeah, last last of my kind, too, the, the, so. the, the first three and the last three, like chaos and close, hope, yeah. hope and the high road, fits. It's not a great song, but it fits between that mm-hmm. and something to love. But that's is, a good thing for 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 all of the something to love is fantastic. By the way, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's the old classic. I'm just writing a song about my daughter. Yeah. For all of the, I think, well-deserved uh, vitriol we've spewed about some of these songs right here, like don't let it overshadow the fact that there is. Some really good stuff on this album, and most people who are putting out albums this year can't say that they hit the points that he did. No, Others are more no. consistent, but he hit some good highs. He, I mean, he's still one of, uh, uh, not to like further a cliche or so, he's still one of the greatest living songwriters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So try it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to try it as well. And the reason I'm going to try it is because of White Man's World. Otherwise, I would be, I mean, I, I have issue with that and anxiety. Uh, which, like I said, is two on those. Especially, like, look, I, I've said this a bunch of times in this podcast, I deal with pretty hellacious anxiety disorder. It's not something to be minimized. It's not, honestly, it's not, not something to be talked about. So Even talking about it is going to fuck you up. And and if you're not willing to dive into it, don't. Just leave it alone. You ever been to the ghetto? Don't ever come to the ghetto. Well, may, may, I won't go that far. Stay the fuck out the ghetto. But, but, but like... But, <laughs> 
But but like I just said, uh, you know, the first three and the last three, if this were just an EP of those songs, this would hands down be my album of the year. Like because those songs are mm -hmm. he some another thing we didn't talk about is the relationship he has forged with John Prine, who's can also yeah. one of the greatest living songwriters. Definitely. And you can see it more so in any of his albums before this, in this. In those six songs, you see John Prine, especially in, in Something to Love, as great mm -hmm. a song as that is. And I, I'm sure, Paul, you get weepy because your, your son Bodie, he's young. And, you know, like, man. Dad cries. Dad that cry, would call yeah, me yeah. out for him. <laughs> but but, but, but it, it, it paints a picture uh, one one convention of country music and folk music that has always resonated, no matter who you are, is the painting of the simple living. Uh, if you hold something to love up against John Prine's fish and whistle, hmm. Hmm. Sa same, like metaphorically the same song, and get to say and and for him to be, I don't know what like half John Prine's age, right. And have learned all those lessons and be able to do something like that. that's a remarkable feat. And so, but it, fuck white man's world, man. All right, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys for coming. Your questions down. like directions to the truth. It's knowing that this can't go on forever. Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. Maybe we'll get forty years together. One day I'll be gone, one day you'll be gone If we were vampires and death was a joke We'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke Jason Isbell and the 400 Units The Nashville Sound is available wherever you can buy records And uh, I, I think you got the picture, you should, you should definitely check it out This is... Um, even even when there's songs that are amiss, this is one of our greatest natural resources, artistic resources here in America. He is a, uh, for lack of a better word, motherfucker of a songwriter, and it's good to have people like him out there, um, whether the songs are good or bad. That's what people should strive to do. Put it all on the line, folks. Write your shit, write your heart, and then uh, and then worry about the rest of the stuff later. People respond to that, I think. Uh, and speaking of people responding to stuff, uh, a couple weeks ago, we got an email from a publicist who we've dealt with in the past and hadn't heard from in a while, and said, "Hey, you, you've got this. Uh, we got this band in Harper's Ferry. They're putting out an album called House of Candles. It's called Mink's Miracle Medicine, and we have, in fact, been trying to steer away from our wheelhouse on this podcast." Uh, I don't know if we've been successful this year, um, but, you know, we are, in general, we can lean towards the more acoustical things, if you will. Not classic rock, not Americana, but that that and there. Uh, we're less likely to talk about trap than uh, we are Jason Isbell, for example. Um, so a lot of that stuff this year, at least at least on the podcast, has been going by. And we've just been like, okay, we don't need to talk about that because we know what we're all going to say. You know what we're going to say. Uh, but this one, I put it on, and and the first thing that hit me was uh, Melissa Wright's voice, and which is huge, and it is it is it is it is massive and soulful in a way that people like uh, 
Nico Case, Margot Timmons from the uh, Cowboy Junkies, and uh, and Patsy Cline, which is a little relevant. So, uh, so we set it up, and they came by yesterday, and it was lovely. They came all the way down from Harper's Ferry. You're going to hear that conversation in a few weeks. Right now, though, I want to get you hip to the album. Uh, so I'm going to play a song off. This is one of my favorite songs. This is a this song's funny as hell, but it's also it's also sort of stalkery. You know, it's like it's what we do, though. It's it's an honest take at 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 uh, relationships or the end of a relationship and whatnot. This is shirt off of uh, Mink's Miracle Medicine's House of Candles. i 
track is shirt the name of the album is house of candles that is minx miracle medicine for you right there boys and girls you know i i've been I actually love this album uh i've been i've been sort of wearing out my copy of it if you can do that to digital files but uh, it's just a it's just a good honest shot of of americana country whatever you want to call it um with a little bubbling under the surface is that sort of like punk attitude uh i love it i used to there's a band called Mary Prankster out of Baltimore. Reminds me a lot of that, and uh, and obviously Lydia Loveless is up in there too. I think. Um, and remember, you're going to hear them in a few weeks. Stop by chat, and it was uh, it was wonderful because they're lovely, lovely people. Uh, in the meantime, they may be playing near, near your town. So if they are, get out and see them. Give them some money. Buy a CD. Say hi. They're super friendly uh, and super talented. That is it. That is, we are at the end now. If you liked what you heard, if this is your first time tuning in, thanks. But if you liked what you heard, you can leave us a rating uh, on iTunes. You can uh, leave us a message there. Better yet, you can subscribe. You can also do that in Google Play, Mixcloud, and Stitcher. Uh, always thanks to our our host, our file host, Pippa, Pippa.io. You can listen to it there or on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com. And on that site, you're going to see a lot of our podcast up, but you're also going to see some track features from time to time, uh, working up some interviews there, and the remarkable work of Matt Conan and Mauricio Castro uh, out there just about every night. Uh, these are two music photographers and writers who are covering 
stuff in the area, mainly in D.C., but pretty much everywhere, and they uh, they kill it. Uh, so you can find out more about that, too, also on Twitter at, at Chunky Glasses. And if you're just in with the live stuff, go to the Instagram, at Instagram, uh, every night. You know, you're going to see photos from shots. He's amazing, just mind-blowing. I've been in the pit. I've done a lot of shooting, and, and what the work they're doing is is uh, it blows my mind. So, so good on them. Coming up in the next few episodes on Thursday, we're going to have uh, Minx Miracle Medicine down here. You just heard them. Hopefully, hopefully you dug them. Well, now you're going to get to dig them some more. So we're going to have a, a little chat with them. And uh, then we're going to be talking about some uh, some pretty cool albums coming up. I think we're going to be doing the Roger Waters album. Uh, that's on our list. I think we're going to circle back. Okay, Computer is 20 years old. So we're going to have to hit that. Uh, an album that didn't get a lot of press that uh, about it being ancient. I think 30 years old. The Cure's Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. We've never talked about The Cure on this podcast, so I'm sort of excited to do that. And then, uh, and then hopefully we're going to get some more interviews going through here. I know I've got a couple lined up, just waiting to see if they, they fall into place. So uh, thank you guys for listening. That is it. We'll let you go back out into the world. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, until then, hang out. Hopefully see you out of the show. And uh, as always, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. Talk to you soon. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>